This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Alrighty, friends, we are back with another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. And today we're talking about a topic that a lot of people as business owners, specifically service-based business owners, they tend to put on the back burner until it's one of those things that is just in your face. And so I've brought an expert in here who has her own methodology, has her own body of work in this particular area. And this is all around contingency and succession planning for your business. We think about this sometimes from a personal perspective, but today's conversation is gonna be focused on the business impacts of these two very likely situational things that will be in your business and in your life at some point. But Julie Yokoyama is going to be with us to tell us and share her wisdom on all of the good things that she does to help businesses in this place in hopes that you will implement some of this. And if nothing else, have a great referral. If you come across this in your own business and need support or in the businesses that you're supporting need support. So let me give you a little background on Julie. She is a small business operations consultant. We love those kind here. She's a strategist with certifications as a certified DOO and a project management professional, otherwise known as a PMP. Needless to say, she's a planner who does her homework and helps service-based business owners do the same by organizing and protecting, keyword, their business operations. And the results bring peace of mind, operational efficiency, business growth, and overall life fulfillment. That's what I think Julie does so well here in her work is to complement her operational gifts and skills and genius and make that really, really tangible and crosses over the professional line and has impacts on the professional side. So With 15 years of consulting experience in both corporate and small business settings, Julie guides and supports her clients through the tough conversations around risk management and succession planning so that the mission critical aspects of their businesses are covered in case of emergency or extended leave. Julie lives in Seattle, Washington with her husband and her two fur babies, Lucy and Desi. So happy to have you here. (laughs) Yes, I am so excited to be here. I love the Ops Authority community. So to be able to share and speak to my peers is such an honor. And I will admit a little bit nerve wracking (laughs) (laughs) in in anticipation of coming up. I'm like, ooh, people that are like as experienced as me, potentially more experienced than me, you know, but it's great. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. The coolest thing here is you've got a, I mean, we're all kind of nerdy, right? Especially when it comes to building businesses, we have the gifts, we have the skills, and we we share that same love for spotting gaps, spotting opportunities, and fixing them. And that's what really defines a great operator, which you're right, you're talking to a bunch of operators right now. But (laughs) the reason I wanted you to come talk to the audience today was you have a new and different, I won't say it's new, it's been around for a long time, but I don't think a lot of people use this. And 
this is something that is very, very critical to the success, the long-term success of businesses. And as directors of operations, as service-based business owners, as operators, you can use this body of work in so many different ways. So I can't wait to dive into it. Let's go ahead and start with talking about, let's just define what is contingency planning? Contingency planning is taking a proactive look at whatever subject you're looking at. And so traditionally, contingency and succession planning, if you have familiarity with it, it's because you worked in corporate at some point. Or maybe you saw the show Concession on HBO Max, but but it's not talked about in the small business and entrepreneur space, especially not in the online business space. So risk management in a formal sense tends to be an unfamiliar territory for many entrepreneurs. So the beauty of us working as small business owners and working in supporting small businesses is we can take the concept of contingency planning and look at it across the entire business or all the way down to project level and idea level. And so it's proactively looking at Let's just say we're looking at a launch. We want to launch a live webinar and we can look at that and then we identify what are all the risks, just brain dump everything out and there's no wrong answers. And then we can go through and we can look at, well, what is the probability that these risks would happen? And then, so then that's ranking them of like probability that they would happen compared to what's the impact if they do happen. And then it comes into responding. How would we respond if these risks happen? And so then it's, can they be prevented? What would that look like from an action standpoint, as well as a financial impact? And then if this event happens, how would we respond to it? So you can take that kind of philosophy and you can take it at any level of the business. And it's a great facilitator to working with leaders in having the conversation because us as consultants or, you know, just operations managers, We often can see the forest through the trees, so we can see things before, we can kind of see the bigger picture a little bit more than our leaders can sometimes, and so we can come to the table with some strategy or advisement of how something will go, but sometimes they can't hear that because Mm -hmm. they're so deep into it, so this is a great framework to be able to walk them through the conversation to where they can see it for themselves. Because once they see it, they'll see the value in putting some measurements and some, honestly, some guardrails around what we can do to mitigate the risk. And I wanted to chime in here, two things that, well, there's a lot of things because I love this topic and you'll see why throughout this interview today, I've got a lot of personal stories that really complement what you have done. And I'm I'm just gonna love this, this conversation. So... <laughs> First of all, entrepreneurs, you had mentioned, you know, in the online space and truly a real entrepreneur very rarely has the skill set of spotting gaps, holes, and things like that, which is why we know that there's such great power in having that entrepreneur, that CEO that is coupled next to a high-level operator because a high-level operator not only sees the issues, but they start to think about how to solve for the gaps or or risk or issues that, that are around. So I will 100% co-sign on the fact that entrepreneurs do not think about the what ifs. 
They usually are so gifted and talented with looking at the vision. And it is a very rosy vision, right? That is, and it's awesome. Like we need this. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that at all because I wish I had a little bit more of that because they really see things as if everything is going to go right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when we think of like pivoting or changing or course correcting, we understand the layers and the complexity of making a course correction. Your entrepreneur and your visionary they're like, okay, we'll pivot, we'll change, we'll do this. And we know as operators that they, you know, change management for them looks very easy and very one dimensional. For us, that one recommended change that was said in one breath actually turns into 40 different tasks or steps. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that should help to convey that this is a real missing component. I mean, there's a big opportunity here Mm -hmm. to educate your leaders, your employers on the importance of contingency planning, because eventually something will go wrong. And you having you as an operator, having the gift of project management skills are the right person to find these holes. I'm not saying you have the methodology. Obviously, Julie's been working with this content and body of work for a long time. And she's developed her own systems and frameworks for building contingency plans, but you've got a skill set. And if nothing else, when you walk away from this conversation today, it's that you can actually start having this conversation Mm -hmm. with your leaders because it's likely a big hole and, and no pun intended, but a risk in your relationship as the operator inside someone else's business. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's looking at the leader's background too. Cause sometimes we can, it's almost like we, because they're the leader, we kind of put them on a pedestal, but also to keep in mind their background of like, did they fall into entrepreneurship? Were they freelancing and making money? And then they suddenly found themselves being business owners mm-hmm. or did they in the pandemic decide they wanted to start a business, but they just kind of like, were figuring it out as they go. So they're not going to have that kind of background or education that you have to be able to come in and be the leader of that conversation. And so like to some of the examples that Natalie was giving, like I call, there's a couple different types of planners from the leader mindset. There's the, as the crow flies, which you imagine trying to get from one destination to another, you and a car and a crow flying, the crow is going to get there in the shortest distance possible. They're not going to face all the obstacles and all the pa- all the steps to get there that we would in a car having to traverse roadblocks and speed limits and all of these things. And, and I find as leaders get further away from implementation, or we start to bring things into the business that they never had experience in to begin with, they're not going to understand the work that it's going to take. And so taking contingency planning, the framework as a conversation, you can bring the team into the mix too. They can help with risk identification that will thus help educate the business owner. And so depending on personalities in the Mm -hmm. mix, It's just really a structured way to neutralize the conversation and keep it rooted in fact and solution oriented. Yeah. You know, even as someone who has been an operator in my professional career, I'll tell on myself, when I started this business, I just needed it to make money for my family. I was so focused on getting income in. So in my terms, like my vision wasn't very far out. It was very, you know, somewhat superficial and also very imminent. I couldn't even think of 
10 steps down the road. It was just bring in money mm-hmm. so that my family didn't have any financial deficiencies. And so if you're working with somebody who is in a place like that, you see that a lot of times in startups and unfunded and in challenging times where the only thing that the leader and maybe even the entire team can think about is just staying alive and mm-hmm. staying relevant and delivering on the imminent things. And I didn't start thinking about contingency planning until I was forced to think about it, right? Mm -hmm. And so just having the framework and asking the questions and starting to look at the business at all levels, like you said, Julie, from, you know, small projects like, you know, the launch example that you had shared all the way up to the entire entity of the business. Like what happens if there's a personal situation that takes out the CEO or a key team member on the team? What if it's economics? There are so many different things that can happen Mm -hmm. to us. And the smaller you are in business, the more isolated, I mean, the more focused you are on just the next day. I tend to think that the more profit margin you have, the more time, the more experience that you have in the same business, the more bandwidth you have to actually start thinking about these things. And while all of that that I just shared is factual and experiential from me, I can tell you from best practice, if you're supporting somebody else, bring this up much earlier than they have even thought about, or even you in your own personal business have ever thought about. So I hope that in this conversation today, you can see that it's not a difficult conversation to have. It's one that needs to be had, and you can be the driver to bring that conversation up sooner. And when I say that conversation, it's really looking at the risk. It's looking at you know what could happen and jotting those things down, like Julie said at the beginning of this. And I can talk to you how I started having this conversation and how the conversation yeah. even became so prevalent for me that I wanted to specialize in it. Yeah. So I focus in strategy. So I do have a retainer client that I've maintained a relationship with multiple years. And I love that relationship. So I continue doing that. But on the whole, like I focus on project-based or strategy consulting contracts. And when I was doing strategic planning and using the framework that we learned in DOO, Mm -hmm. strategic mapping, one thing that I would find myself getting to, and this comes from a background of, I have experienced a lot of loss in my life. I've had multiple times in my adult life where I've had to drop everything and go caregive or go settle affairs for loved ones. Cause I just, I am an only child. I have a very small family. So it often lands on me. So I started asking my clients the question, what happens to your business if something happens to you? Because in most most of the small businesses we work with, the business owner is the primary knowledge holder. And depending on how far along they are in getting their back end organized, it's often organized in systems only they understand and can navigate efficiently from their mind. And so I started asking the question is if something were to happen to you temporarily, whether that be a planned or an unplanned event or permanently, could somebody else come in and do anything? And sometimes I would get uh, the response to that question would be, oh, well, you know, if I die, the business just ends. And I'm like, no, it doesn't just evaporate. Mm -hmm. There's all of these pieces that you've took the time to assemble to create the machine and the asset that is your business, that if you were to be gone tomorrow, all of those pieces need to be dismantled Mm -hmm. or that asset becomes a liability for your loved ones. 
right? So you've got intellectual property. You may or may not have team. You may or may not have clients, but you probably do clients, students, mm-hmm. patients, whatever that may be for you. But I've heard that same kind of aloof, like, oh, if I'm gone, it's gone. And mm-hmm. it, that is just a mechanism for them to not have to deal with this stuff. Avoidance. Yes. <laughs> and, I, yes. and I say avoidance is not a strategy. It's a crisis in waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about this before we hit record today, but you know, you will have a crisis. I mean, we get into entrepreneurship. You, what we're starting to see is, you know, this is a great way, whether you're freelancing, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you're, you know, whatever you are in your service-based business, we tend to do this during the hardiest years of our lives in our third, fourth, and fifth decades, right? So between Mm -hmm. 30 and 60, those are our prime working years where we are building businesses and we're using those businesses to fuel our personal finances. And during that time frame, from 30 to 60 and on, obviously we are going to be faced with crisis. It is not if, it is Mm -hmm. when we will be faced with a crisis. And, you know, I was very young in my business in the first time I had really was a life-changing crisis. And this wasn't even around like life or death. My mom is a, is a single woman. She's super able-bodied. Like she's, she's awesome, spunky, energetic woman, but she lives alone. And it's me and my sister and we live, we don't live in the same town as her. Well, she calls one day and she has broken both of her wrists and is in surgery to repair both of these wrists. So you think of someone who has had two hands, two feet for an entire life, who lives alone, is very self-sustaining. And all of a sudden she has no use of her hands. And this goes on for eight weeks. I mean, you think of not having hands at all. Like she can't eat. She can't prepare food. She can't go to the restroom. Like she needs actual, you know, around the clock care. And that's not the same thing that you probably thought of when we were talking about like, if I die, what happens to the business? But this was a really big wake up call for me because in my business, I was a service provider delivering work for clients too many clients. (laughs) And so the way my business was set up at the time, I didn't have the luxury of stepping away for eight weeks. My sister's a school teacher. So, you know, she had less flexibility than me. And, you know, we had to get really creative on how to care give for my mother. But on top of all of this was the weight of how do I maintain the financial integrity and impact that I am providing for my family? And at the same time, have really almost no availability to serve my clients. And it took some shuffling. It took, a, it was just another distraction that I had at a very heavy time because my mom ended up going into surgery and um, almost did not come out of surgery. And yes, this is just a repair arrest and just fluke odd random things happen that we would have never, ever, ever expected. But she ended up staying in the hospital for almost two weeks, which we don't need to go into all the details, but Mm -hmm. you can just see how one, yeah, she falls and she breaks her wrist. Not that big of a deal. Oops. She breaks two wrists. Okay. Bigger deal. Oh, now you start thinking about daily activity, living activities that she is not able to do now. Oh, now we need to have caregivers and and who's going to do that. And then that's the one Thing that started me thinking about contingency planning because until that point, Julie, I was only focused on getting clients, serving clients so that I could pay my family. And I wasn't really thinking of building a business, but this was a business. This was what mm-hmm. was sustaining and paying my mortgage and, and providing a livelihood for my children. So it took that incident for me to be hyper-focused on having contingency plans at any point in my business. And 
the power of contingency plan has never left me because, you know, a year later I would be facing the death of my sister, which was obviously a a huge ordeal and several layers of impact. And then, you know, it wasn't just the death, it was the treatment until, you know, it was just, it was a massive upheaval in my personal and professional life. And there was no way to separate them. There was no Mm -hmm. way to separate them. And then you think about it in another way. And here comes COVID just two years after that, here's COVID. And now it's not just me, it's the entire entrepreneurial community. It's every small business owner, heck, it's every business is thinking, what's gonna happen? What's our economy gonna do? What's the industry going to do? And now we start looking at content. I would say that was the biggest, most productive wake-up call and selling point for looking at businesses and putting in contingency plans because globally, everybody was worried about the same thing. Whereas the two situations I mentioned before that were personal to me, right? It was only Mm -hmm. my problem. So I think the conversation has been elevated, which I'm really grateful for. And there are just so many ways that we can dice this. And and we all have these situations. I would love for this conversation to put you in a place of action where you are evaluating your business, regardless of the size, regardless of the size, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you think of like single points of failure. So you can take it beyond yourself, the business owner, or your your the leader you're working with as the business owner. If something happens to them in whatever capacity, they could decide to go to on vacation for a month. It's like, okay, what does that mean? What does it impact? What do we need to account for? Who needs to be involved mm-hmm. in that? And what needs to happen? But then it could also be key team members. So if a business is lucky enough to have a DOO, you're a key team member. And so what happens if something happens with you? And I have talked to countless people that even if they themselves don't have personal experience of having a death or an injury or something, they have someone on their team who has, mm-hmm. or I even have one client where they had the death of a family member and one of their yeah. key team members did too. And the key team member was struggling with the grief so much that they couldn't really communicate when they could come back. And so then it became a um, big risk. Like, well, <laughs> we need you to come back at some point, you know? So it's like these conversations that need to happen. And so some, and, and, and we can't always, you know, especially with when we're talking about death specifically, we can't predict that. Cause even if there is an anticipation of it, you never know how you're going to handle it and you can't plan for it. But, you know, there are other things like vacations, parental leave. There's these other components that you can start to proactively think of. And if you are thinking of these things in advance, it creates so much more opportunity Mm -hmm. because you're not in a space of crisis or panic. So there's more room to be creative with your ideas and solutions you have runway to identify and put alternative courses of action in place versus you're trying to desperately find a like a replacement freelancer yes. to jump in and then you're they're charging you emergency fees mm-hmm. to execute and then you're maybe not giving them all the pieces of information they need because you haven't done SOPs proactively that's where I want to take this. You know, I was working with a client one time and he wanted to quote unquote stress test the business and stress test the operations of the business. And his coach had advised him or given him the idea of taking a four week sabbatical. So he was going to be away. We knew about this for three months in advance. And so this is contingency planning, right? Uh-huh. So the result for me as being the director of operations in this business is making sure, I mean, I won't go down, you know, the entire 
trek here, but it was everything from the role to the responsibilities to the functions of the units to, you know, it really caused me to look at this very, very holistically and to get out of the day-to-day. We are really, really gifted in the day-to-day. Operators in general are very good at that. And Mm -hmm. An operator that comes in and looks at contingency planning is someone who has the ability to stretch themselves into the strategy or the strategic part because we then and only then can we get out of the day-to-day. And there's nothing wrong. We need operators in both of those capacities. But for me to stress test this business, it started at looking at the what-ifs, which took that strategic part of me. And then it turned into a bunch of SOPs, right? So Mm -hmm. there were pieces of the business that he was doing And he hadn't completely delegated because maybe he didn't want to, maybe he just, we didn't do it and we didn't have the right talent at the time for him to be gone. I mean, you talk, I mean, it really was good advice, like a stress test of the business. He was preparing to sell. And so if you're preparing to sell a business, somebody's got to take over what the CEO is doing because in Mm -hmm. in many or in his case, he didn't want to continue in that, but he wanted to sell the whole thing and step out. So it got us down to the place of having to prioritize SOPs or standard operating procedures to write this stuff down, to document it. And it was such an awesome experience. It was a lot of work because we did it in a short amount of time, but it was very, very productive work. It didn't mean that we were completely flawless in those four weeks that he was gone, but we were pretty darn good. And we were able, we now had capacity and time to deal with the issues that did arise in those four weeks. But if we had not prepared for that, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about crisis. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it would have felt like. Yeah. And so to get specific, the kind of scenarios we're talking about at this point is where succession planning really is because succession planning is a type of contingency plan. And I really think it's the most essential plan that every business needs, whether they're solopreneurs or, you know, whatever scale. Mm-hmm. And to your point, like, one of the scenarios of the, his succession plan was what happens to the business if I disappear for a month, mm-hmm. you know, and then you guys went through, okay, what are the pieces of his work that we need to document and delegate? What can maybe be winded down during that time and things like mm-hmm. that. And so it's like how, going through that proactive exercise. And I think that the, what happens to my business if something happens to me is the key, like I guess just communicating to my fellow DOOs out there Mm -hmm. of how to start this for yourself as well as with your leaders is to start with that question and then break it down to, well, what are the types of things that could happen? And, you know, for me, a big one has been in my life that I have had to drop everything and go take care of other people. And sometimes I took my computer thinking that I was going to be able to do stuff (laughs) when I was there. And then that was just absolutely not possible because the moment I would sit down and start to get into an email, you would hear like, Hey, I need you for something. And then you're up doing something. And so there's so many different ways you could be on an international vacation and you Mm -hmm. could get trapped somewhere in a storm and you lose power and you're stranded there and you can't get flights out, you know, (laughs) who knows? Yes, (laughs) There's so many different things that can happen. But if you start with that conversation, you can start to decide what needs to be organized. What are the gaps that need to be documented, especially if you're coming into a business where they're just starting the journey of creating SOPs of like, okay, well, where do we need to start with that? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let's start with the biggest single source of failure, which is the leader likely. 
or key team member, and then go from there to break down like what is the highest priority items to, to work with. Yes. And if we take that and we apply it to DOOs who are building their own business and really reflecting back on my experience, it was the delivery. I only had one team member who was working with me about 10 hours a week who ended up becoming extremely, very, very valuable during my time of absence. And it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so I'm not proud of that, but it ended up you know, really serving its place whenever we I had to rely on her again, one year later when I was out again for a little bit longer, more grief filled period, but talking directly to the DOOs who likely have a, a, who are in a solopreneur or a one person business right now, maybe some ancillary small contractors are joining you in this adventure, but start thinking about the delivery. I I would say that the delivery to your clients is the bread and butter of what Mm -hmm. you're doing. And so start looking at this, start documenting the processes, start, start evaluating what would happen. Answer that question. What happens to my business if something happens to me? The very first place I go as a service provider is the delivery. Do you feel the same way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, and, but it also too, like in that conversation, when you're thinking about the scenarios of what could happen, you can start to bring in the conversation of what would happen to the business if I was gone forever. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, do I want to sell the business? Do I want to pass it off to a team member? Is there another peer in the industry that I would pass the business off to with the clients and everything? And so I think identifying what that would look like as far as like how that would impact the delivery. Because another thing that I I think is important, because there's some people I've talked to that if they're not on the camp of the business just evaporates, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, I've thought about it. I know what I would do. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's not helpful because no one else knows. Yeah. Like that's a thought exercise you've had with yourself when you were laying awake in bed one night. (laughs) But it's, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's different to like ruminate on that when you're not in the crisis moment and then be like, okay, I got a plan in my head. But then when you are in the crisis moment and I've been through, uh, I've supported a lot of people with grief over the years too, as, as other work I've done and there's brain fog and there's memory loss. And there are all these things that come with grief that are unexpected and it comes in waves and that could last for years. So documenting this stuff and really like putting it down on paper and thinking about who else needs to know about it, I think is really important. And I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) It's actually documenting your, your thought processes is something that, well, let's face it, many people will never do it, but just creating the DOO program. Like it took me one year, Julie, one year to document what I do on a day-to-day basis. Like Mm -hmm. what made me quote unquote special or what made me desirable and referable? I thought, oh, I could just tell somebody. And as soon as I started just telling somebody, it was like so many layers. It, It was like, this is ineffective. Like this is not comprehensive. This is ineffective. And truthfully, that's how the certification was born was because I sat down for a year diligently Mm-hmm. I would write down like what I was discussing with the client. And then I had to think like where that came from, what kind of frameworks, because I I was exercising and using frameworks with these clients, but they weren't frameworks to me. They were just the way I worked, right? It was, it, and so it just, it takes a disruptor. It takes some dedicated focus time to get these things out of your head. And we have conversations with ourselves like, all the time (laughs) that laying in bed, you know, Oh, I'd love to sell this business one day, maybe three to five years. Well, what does that mean? You know? Mm -hmm. So, so many good things here. I think at the end of this, it's to me, if I can summarize 
the whole conversation. It's really looking for the gaps or risks, what to do with them. And then all of that boils down and you got to prioritize them. You got to figure out the ones that you actually need to fill because some of these are very hypothetical. The risk of, or the the actuality of some of these happening are, are very far off, but that's for you to look at depending on the situation, the business, the people, the team, et cetera. And then I believe at the end, the deliverable behind a lot of this is going to come down to standard operating procedures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to, of giving good thought of who would be taking action if something were to happen to you, which I really help identify, like call it emergency contact power of attorney or whatever, like who would that person be? So if we go to the solopreneur who just has some contractors supporting, it potentially would be a family member. So either a spouse, an adult sibling, a parent, or, you know, maybe you have found a lawyer or some sort of proxy But it also could be the DOO if there's a trusted DOO in place, et cetera. So it's like identifying who that person would be. And if it is a family member that has no visibility into the business that would be taking any action, even if it's just emailing clients to like Mm -hmm. let clients and team members and partners know what's going on, do they have access to anything? Yeah. Do they know how to do anything? And so you can start from there of like, you can think of the scenario, you can think of who would logically be that the primary action taker, and then you can start to build out what would they actually need to be successful. And I know I talk to people where their spouse would be that person and they're like, my spouse has no interest and they don't even know, like know how to get to the bank account. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, and that's why the work I do and like what I've created with my Project CYA Essentials offer is they don't have to know, but if you're documenting everything and getting it organized for them and they know how to access that, yeah, then they can take action. Tell me more about Project CYA Essentials. So I do Project CYA in two ways. So CYA standing for cover your ass. I like mm-hmm. to be a little cheeky with it because it's like, can be an uncomfortable conversation to approach. So I do it in two ways. I do it as a one-on-one intensive where I like do contingency planning holistically across the business kind of as a follow-up to strategy conversation. And I do, I have Essentials, which is a done-for-you digital product that this is the place to start. It's organizing all of your business affairs and documentation. It's creating a central source of truth for what is entailed in the business. So it's a handbook, basically a business handbook. And then it's thinking through what SOPs are needed and thinking through the succession plan. And I, and I focus on the what happens to my business if something happens to me conversation. I'm thinking through scenarios there, but it just gives them, it teaches them how to have the conversation with themselves. So there, you know, you can extrapolate it from there as, as meets your needs. So it's really just like getting organized and thinking through like, where are some fundamental gaps and what are my intentions? Because succession planning is the strategy of delegating roles and responsibilities. If the business owner's role were to ever change or they were to depart the business. And so, and it's also an opportunity for the business owner to take a step back and think through what would the world look like? What do I actually want for the future of the business? And to your point, you talk all the time about legacy. It's a framework to have the legacy conversation with yourself. Yeah. I love this. You know, when, when I had the situation that happened with me first, 
it was a different, much different phase of my business. But I remember calling my husband and being like, I've got all this client work that's got to be done. Like, what am I going to do? You need to call the person that was in my business. He didn't, I didn't have her phone number. He didn't have her phone number. It was like, if I would have just terminated or died, I mean, would it have been figured out? Yes because of you know the day and age that we that we are in but in a state of panic and a state of worry you need a toolkit like this you need these essentials documented so that my husband Jess isn't trying to track down so and so in in Maryland or wherever and he only knows their first names because I talk about them in my co- in conversations but he would not even know where to go to find Alex mm-hmm. right I mean now he would <laughs> but back in the day that would not have been that wasn't an option I mean I just had to deal with so many different things and having something like this and that's you know Julie this is I know that this is the work that you do and that the topic is very important to me and it should be important to anyone who takes the risk of owning a business but this essentials product is it's invaluable for any business owner at any stage or in any scale. And so I just thank you so much for being here today and for sharing this. And I hope that every single person walks away knowing the importance of making this a priority in your business. And it's not just for the big businesses. It's not just for businesses that are making seven figures or whatever. Like it's for any business. If you are taking the risk to have a business and paying taxes, this needs to be something that you find of importance and prioritize. Yes. All righty, dear. Well, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and getting this conversation started. It's one that we've never had here on the podcast. So I'm very grateful for you to get us going here. I know. I was so excited, especially I, you know, I listened to the podcast, but I made sure to kind of scour through the library and I was like, Ooh, I was like, this will be the first time. (laughs) It is. You're totally right. About the essentials, where can they go to find you and, and learn more about your work? So if you go to julieokoyama.com, and so that's Julie with two E's and no I, you will be able to find just everything I do. You can connect with me on Instagram and LinkedIn under Julie Okoyama. All of those places have access to essentials. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here, dear. And I'm so proud to have you as a part of our community too. Awesome. Yeah, man. I'm, oh my gosh. I'm just <laughs> beaming over here. If you guys could see my face. Flowing. <laughs> thank you, Julie. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.